gentlemen, welcome back to the Being Husband podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan West, bringing you guys another episode here, telling you guys thank you so much for being a part of the work that we're doing here. If this is your first time visiting with us, I want to say welcome, but if this is, if you're a regular, I should say, then you guys know what I've always said. It's a tall order to be a man of one's household. But if there was ever a time that we needed strong leaders in our communities, present fathers to our children, and loving husbands to our wives, it's today. Wouldn't you guys agree? With that being said, gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead and open up in today's episode. We are at war. And you guys are like, he is so dramatic. And you would be right. You'd be right. I, I, I am a little bit of a drama king. I'm not going to lie about that. But this is a very, very serious topic. And I mean this when I say this. You and I are at war. It may not feel like that when we go to our nine to fives or when we're at the grocery store or when we're just cooking dinner at the house or when we're uh, watching Netflix on TV. It may not feel like we're at war, but don't don't misunderstand. Every day we are mentally at war and spiritually at war. So I want to share with you guys passages of scripture really quick. Uh, It comes from Ephesians. And so it's Ephesians six and let me see six and 14. Okay. No, not six and 14. I'm sorry. Six, 10. Okay. Ephesians chapter six, verse 10. And it says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And then it goes on to talk about the armor of God. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand firm. And then it'll go on to explain all the different pieces of the armor of God. But I just wanted to paint that picture for you because you and I don't often think about the fact that we're at war every day. And so, all right, the question then is, are we really at war? And obviously I answered that. But then the second thing that you'll want to ask yourself is, okay, so we are at war. Then then what are we fighting for, Jonathan? Who, who are the enemies that are coming against you and me on a consistent basis? Well, it's threefold, really. You've got, you got the devil. Okay, you got Satan. So that guy, and I'll explain more about him in a minute. And then you've got the world and then you've got your own self. You got the flesh. Okay. So the devil, let me, let me kind of explain who that is in case you don't know. So early on, way back in Genesis. And again, if you, this is your first time, I talk about this all the time, but way back in Genesis, you had the serpent. Okay. And the serpent was the devil made manifest in a physical form and we can have a conversation about that, but that's not the point that I'm trying to get at. The point that I'm trying to get at right now is we have an enemy that is against God and that was a fallen angel from heaven that manifested himself at this specific point in time as a serpent. Okay. His whole premise, his whole MO is to appeal to us in such a way that we value what he has and what the world has to offer over and above what God has to offer. 
And so how he did that in the garden was he came to Eve and said, I know that God said this, but what do you think about this? And kind of spun it in a way. And, and the thing about it was, is that it was a half truth. He, he knew that that was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And so in a sense, when he said, you'll be like God, he was, he was kind of right. Cause God knows good and bad. He knows what those things are. But the thing that he didn't explain was that Adam and Eve were going to be falling away from relying on God and began to become began began to become self-reliant and not God reliant. And that caused a huge <laughs> disruption as why you and me are messed up today. And so that's how the devil appeals. He appeals to what it is that that we want that would get us distracted to the degree that we wouldn't focus on what God wants for us. And so the world then forms around that. The world is is kind of the billboard for Satan in a sense. It 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 gives us the encouragement towards that appeal. So for instance, Satan says to you, "You know what, Jonathan, you know, you're spending a lot of time doing this podcast thing, why don't you go do something that makes some real money? Why don't you do something that, that really matters, right? Why don't you get out there and you go do X thing that's going to really get you paid, that's going to really elevate your status, It's going to really get you in the right circles, It's going to really get those right moves, and the world comes around and says, yeah, and provides me with a bunch of motivational speakers that are suggesting to me that it's more important for me to grind than to spend time with my wife. That would suggest to me that it's more important to, uh, you know, wake up super early in the morning and go to bed super late and, and never spend any of that time in Bible reading, never spend any of that time in prayer, never spend any of that time with my wife, never spend any of that time with my, my friends, never spend any of that time, uh, again, with God. And so... What the world does is it reinforces this temptation that's out there. It just says, hey, you know what? He's got a great point. This is what you really should be doing. And see, the third enemy, he's the worst one. Because the third enemy is me. It's myself. It's my selfishness. It's the thing that drives the the, the hunger in me. It's that that desire to want to consume, that desire to want to possess, okay? And so when the devil presents, and I, this is how it normally goes, you'll wake up in the morning and you'll be presented with some thought, some idea, okay? And then you'll say, huh, that's really weird that that just came up in my head, but all right. And then you'll bop around and then something later on that day will reinforce that idea, Okay, that's the world acting. That was the devil that morning. That was the world later on in the day. And then your flesh later on is like, man, we really ought to get after that specific thing. And before you know it, you're knee deep in something because you didn't check it in the morning when it presented itself. You didn't check it when it presented itself. Doesn't matter if it's in the morning or evening, but you understand my point. My point is is that when it presents itself, when temptation presents itself, if you don't check it and it goes through all those other filters, you and I are likely to do the thing that we're not supposed to be doing, to do those things that we're not supposed to be into. 
And so then you'll ask me, you'll say, Jonathan, all right, man. So I know that all that stuff's there. I know that all that stuff exists. I don't really know what to do about it, though. How do I win those battles in war? How do I win against something that's invisible? Right? Because I'm used to fighting. I'm used to, you know, knocking guys out. I'm used to, you know, laying dudes out. You might say if you're <laughs> if you're you're kind of one of those meathead type dudes. But that's not the kind of battle that we're fighting. The battle that we're fighting is not a battle of flesh and blood, but it's a battle of ideas. It's a battle of spiritual warfare. It's a battle that is invisible. It doesn't it, on the surface it doesn't look like it exists for real. It looks like it's a very non non-consequential issue for you. Just uh, I just had a thought. It's no big deal. Uh, it's just, you know, it's just a little conversation. No big deal. Uh, you know what? I'll be here for just a little while. No big deal. Maybe five minutes. Ten minutes. Whole hour. And again, before you know it, you're knee deep into something. And so the number one thing that I could tell us to remind myself really is you and I have got to keep a healthy prayer life. If we want to win this, you and I have to keep a healthy line of communication between us and God. And, I, and I'm going to kind of set the tone here. A lot, of, a lot of us, man, myself included, we'll get in prayer and we just start talking, just rambling, 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 saying everything that's on our mind. That's fine. That's good to a degree. But what I find to be more beneficial is when I actually sit down with text and just meditate on it for a little bit. Just kind of think about what it is that God is saying in that moment. Because I, if you're like me, I'm, I'm, I'm crazy. And so when I talk, I like listen to myself talk. And it's like, dude, what's wrong? <laughs> what's wrong with you? You're, you're crazy. I'm actually a crazy person. And so if I don't take time to shut up and listen and read what God has already said and meditate on that and ask God to reveal something to my mind, if I don't get God to speak to my mind, I'm doing all the talking. And if I'm full of myself, how can I be full of God? If I'm, bro, if I'm full of all my ideas and none of God's, what use am I to my wife? What you, you think you so bad that you got it all figured out that you can do this thing by yourself? No. Look, here's the thing. You may say, look, Jonathan, it's not a big deal that I skip prayer every now and then. And I say, you know what, man, to some extent, you're right. But guess what? While you and I take our foot off the gas, he's not. He, who am I talking about? He, Satan is not taking his foot off the gas and coming down to get you and to get me. He hates you. I want to say that again. He doesn't. It's not that he doesn't like you. He hates you. He hates that you go to church. He hates that you love your wife. 
He hates that you have a job that's providing for your wife. He hates that you actually manage to spend time with your wife and care for her and care for the kids if you got some of those and and get involved with small groups and, and do ministry on the side. He hates that. He hates that. And his objective is to make you and me bow the knee to him. Period. And so what you and I got to understand is that prayer is not just say it like this. Prayer is like a walkie talkie conversation between a, a, a trooper, I guess I'll say, for lack of a better term, and his commander. That's what that is. It's you talking to the commander and you getting the understanding and the clarity on where you need to be in X battle at X time and what you need to be doing. What's the plan? How do we execute commander? You need to treat prayer more like a walkie talkie conversation between you and your commander than pillow talk with your emotionally supportive wife. (laughs) Okay. You don't need to be laying down and saying, God, oh, I'm so sad. Look, look, that's fine to do that. God says specifically, cast your cares on me. You need to do that. But then sometimes you need to take a step back and be quiet and you need to wait on the Lord and you need to listen. To what he's got to say. You need you need a thus says the Lord moment in your prayer. Don't just ramble. Listen. Listen, and that leads to the second point. Seek wisdom from God and understanding the depth of the armor of God. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I haven't taken a lot of time to study the armor of God myself. That's something that I. I need to do, especially if I'm going to be speaking on spiritual warfare at any period of time. Um, the only one that I've ever I've really sat down with and wrestled with, I guess, is the, the the helmet of salvation. And so and what I've come away with with that is, you know, and I, this is personal experience. But if you've ever just kept in your mind how good God is to have taken sacrifice on himself that's due us right like like the idea that you and i did something so wrong that god didn't want anything to do with us and then instead of giving us what we deserve he held back what we deserved and gave it to his son instead when you think about that your your traffic on i-65 gets a whole lot more manageable to deal with (laughs) right Like when you keep in mind that God loves you enough to have provided a way to stay in good relationship with him when you didn't know your butt from a hole in the ground, your wife telling you to pick up your shoes is not that big of a deal. It's really not. And so what salvation for me has done and what I've gathered with and why it's the helmet piece because I because that's the thing about these is that each each piece of armor in the arm of God and you'll read this if you read Ephesians 6 I believe it's Ephesians 6 hang on a second Ephesians 6 10 through 18 read that whole passage uh, and just ask God to give you some clarity on it I'll be doing the same but um, when you read through that 
each aspect of the Christian life and, and the Christian faith is tied to a specific article of the armor. Okay. So helmet is with salvation. And I believe because that's protecting your mind, because when I think about what God's done in his son, I get a lot less crazy. Life becomes a lot less chaotic and crazy. And it just, it becomes way more sane. It's not, now here's the thing. It's not all cookies and cream. I don't want you to get the wrong idea. I'm just saying that I can see clear. It's not as though I'm walking in the dark anymore. I, crazy stuff's going on all over the place, but I have a path forward. When I think about the goodness of God and salvation, I can understand that, look, I may not have all the answers. I may do this thing wrong, but I'm going to keep going forward in the right way because I know what the right way looks like. And that right way is to lay down my life for the sheep. Just as salvation is for me, just as Jesus did for me, I should do for my wife. That's what I'm called to be. Which leads me to my third point is you can't put yourself in the wrong situation at the wrong time and expect it's all going to be good. Okay. This is me talking to you and I'm going to get real real for a second. Okay. If you have an issue and I've had the issue myself, if you have an issue looking at hot girls on Instagram, stay away. Stay away. If you have a hard time not looking at porn, get a flip phone. Okay. Set restrictions for the content that's available to you on your phone. But listen, man, you got to get a grip on this. This is look. This when we talk about temptation from Satan, this is the number way he gets men. The number one way he gets men. Now, he appeals to us through uh, money. He appeals to us through power. But sex is the number one way that he gets men every single time. The wisest man in the Bible, King Solomon. The godliest man in the Bible, David. And the strongest man in the Bible, Samson, all fell because of sexual temptation. So do you think that you got it all figured out so much that you can have that stuff available on your phone anytime, anywhere? You think you're so in control and able that you think that you're better than the godliest man, the wisest man, and the strongest man, and they couldn't even keep it together. Listen, as a friend, you got to get a grip on this. If you don't, there's going to be hell to pay. You could go down and look, it may not affect you at 23. It may not affect you at 24, 25, 26, 27. But if you let that thing ride out for too long, it will be your bondage. It'll be your bondage and you won't be able to shake it. Jesus said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. He didn't look. Jesus didn't say temptation wasn't going to be there. He said it's going to be there, and when it's there, run from it. Get out of the way of it. You got to remember, man, he's after you. 
He's after your family. He's after your testimony. He, he doesn't want you to know God. He doesn't want you to know truth. He doesn't want you to build your family up. He doesn't want your legacy of your family name to be a God honoring legacy. He wants it to be a legacy of destruction. One where, oh, my dad cheated on my, my mom. So now they're now they're divorced. That's what he wants. Oh, my dad. My dad was was a, a, a you know. He was involved in drugs and he died. And so now, you know, died at a young age, that kind of thing. He what am I trying to say? I'm trying to tell, I'm trying to get you to understand that you have an enemy and you have a world that is shifting around that enemy to make those temptations appeal to your very core, your very flesh. We talked about flesh a little bit last week when I talked about total depravity, right? And we've talked about it before with don't follow your heart in that episode. The heart is desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? And so the world and the devil exist to appeal to that thing, to appeal to what it is that you want in your secret heart, as Paul puts it. And if they can get you off your mission, if they can get you off focus on what you're supposed to be focused on, which is what? What do we always talk about? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. If they can get you off your mission of doing that, if they can get you off your mission of doing that, then your family and understanding the gospel is going to be hindered. It's going to be hindered. And God gets no glory when his, when his message is hindered by the man that he's raised up to bring it to his family. That's why me and you are here. That's why we're called husbands. We're supposed to be tending this field that God's given to us. Not sowing our wild oats. So you got, look, you got to remember, this is a spiritual thing. This is not just, this is not just about, the little petty arguments that you have on a day-to-day basis. And I know I talked a lot about sexual temptation there, but my main point in saying each and every argument that you go through, each and every temptation that you're going through, it's not just that. It's deeper than that. Wise guy once said, people don't have ideas, but ideas have people. And that was crazy when I read that, because what that suggests is, is that, The spiritual world has a lot more sway in your life than you think it does. Which is why I think God has made prayer so critical to our relationship with him, because it's our way to get clarity from that spiritual realm into day to day life so that we can look so that we can look 30,000 feet above this argument that our wives, that we're having with our wives. So that we can look 30,000 feet above us seeing that picture of that hot girl and see what, what is this going to lead to down the road. So that we can look 30,000 feet above this temptation to take this new job that's going to take us away from our home. But it's going to really provide us with a lot more money in our pockets so that we can have those conversations. 
And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that those things in and of themselves are bad. I'm just telling you that your heart has a desire to do what is against God. And if you're not, if you're not acknowledging God in every step that you make, you will lose this war. You and me will lose this war every time. So I encourage you guys with that. I'm going to leave you. And I just say, leave us a rating and review. If you found this information helpful, if you found this content enjoyable, leave us a rating on iTunes. Uh, leave us a review there as well. We're trying to get those reviews up, man. And if you it, look, if you can't do that, give us a follow on Instagram. If you can, That's uh, at being husband pod on Instagram. Or you can follow me as well at underscore Jonathan West, J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N-W-E-S-T. So if you, and if you can't do that, then, man, share it with a friend at least. If you don't feel like you want to leave a review, if you don't feel like you want to follow us, just share it with a friend, man. Let everybody know that uh, we are here and we exist to let men know that their lives are valuable, that they are to be strong leaders in their communities, that they are to be present fathers to their children, that they are to be loving husbands to their wives. That's what we were created to do. That's what it is to be husband. And so we exist to encourage guys in that path and in that meaningful role. So it's with that I say take care and build on.